everybody. Welcome back to Joni Stahl's Field Notes. It's good to be back. I really haven't been gone that long. It's only been a couple of days or so. I've been making so many videos lately, but I say let the living waters flow. I'm not going to stop them. I'm not going to be a spring shut up or a fountain sealed. Who doesn't want to sit by living waters? Living waters, let me just say this. You know what the living waters mean? I was doing a little bit of theological research, just some simple stuff, right? And it said the living waters had to do with waters that were cascading down and smashing upon rocks. And these waters that smash into rocks, they're so full of oxygen because atom particles are exploding and there's all this life in these waters. And who wants to sit by stagnant waters? I don't. Those are polluted waters. And if we are always sitting by the Lord who is the living waters and receiving of those living waters, then we're going to partake of the endless life, even here and now. And so today, I just feel so happy to be here because I really want to talk about enduring today. And before I get started, I will pray and I will invite the presence of the Holy Spirit here. And how can he not be when his word is being spoken here? So, Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you, and I just thank you for another happy privilege to serve you. And, Lord, <clears throat> to bow before you with joy and to hold out myself, my life, giving it away to you forever as I do every day. And I ask you to make yourself known through me, this common vessel, and that, Jesus, I would decrease that you will increase because Lord, people aren't here at this little green pasture to hear what I have to say. They are here to hear what you have to say. So I pray that the voice of your words, that the sound of your words, the sound of your voice rather, will be heard in the words that I will speak. <clears throat> I ask you to lead me and guide me by your Holy Spirit as he listens and hears and speaks to me, so will I listen to him and hear what he says and speak to them, Lord. I pray for your presence, Lord, to be such a mark of all the videos I ever make to you. And I ask you to bless these words, even as clumsy as maybe I may be sometimes, Lord. Even let that clumsiness praise you. I love you, Lord. We all love you so much. Reveal yourself to us in this message and strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so, my voice. I should be having some water sitting next to me, so excuse me if I'm clearing it. <clears throat> One last time. Okay. In the middle of the night last night, I woke up and I was just laying there thinking, and I thought of those words from James that says, James chapter 5, that says, Behold, we count them happy that endure. And you know, that word just started echoing to me. We count them happy that endure. <clears throat> so I said, well, let me see where the Lord will take this. So I looked it up. 
And it says, take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy, which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Well, you know, when we see those words happy and the word endure, to us, there's there's a collision there. It, it hits together because humanly speaking, when we think of the word endure, it's kind of like, oh gosh, we have to endure that. You know, I mean, we, we connect that word endure to the things that are taxing, exhausting, demanding, trials, wars, having to go through extreme, extreme losses, extreme things. And so when we see those words, we count them happy that endure. I really thought about that. Now, of course, my cross-referencing mind starts going all over the place to happy is he that has a God of Jacob for his help. And, you know, happy is he that has children, a lot of children and happy this and happy. There's all these words that talk about happiness. And but it it's in connection with endurance. You see, it's not a random happiness. We can be happy in many circumstances. And I'm talking spiritually right now to you. Okay, because we all know that there's limited happiness, but it's not the happiness that comes from above. Happiness that causes us to endure. Happiness that strengthens us. And, you know, there's difference between joy and happiness. I don't want to do that. Happiness is connected with joy, but I don't want to split hairs today. You know, let me just sticky note that to the side about happy is he that endures. Well, you know, yesterday I was looking at what's happening in Cuba and all the people, how they've just had it. I mean, I was hearing that everybody gets five eggs a month. I mean, I can go down the list about everything that they are, they're so dehumanized. Then I look at what's happening over in Durban, South Africa. The entire city is being ransacked and destroyed. And then there's all these other things that are happening and things that we see coming in the fall, which I'm not going to talk about because I want to have my YouTube channel be strikeless. <laughs> and it's not because I'm cowardly and it's not because I'm not bold, but because this little green pasture is dedicated to Jesus Christ and he knows what's going on. And so with that being said, we're ta I'm talking about an enduring, and, and let me take it another to a further direction. You know, I thought about the word and how many years we have been through. You know, and I'm talking to you who have been around for a while, and those of you who haven't, just bear with me for a while because this word will speak to you too, okay? Sometimes it's good for you if you're young in the faith to sit with the older ones. And vice versa, sometimes it's good for us to get off, get out of the salty veteran seats and go sit with the youth because they have a power and a strength that's refreshing that we need to remember that we once had. And um, so with that being said, I thought about an endurance that is coming, a different kind of endurance because everybody, I think there's been a thousand, a thousand, a million sermons on endurance, running your race, endure this, endure that. 
But if there's happiness connected with endurance, what we're getting ready to endure, we better visit this subject once again. As you can see, in this world, nothing lasts. You may be happy tonight and maybe tomorrow something terrible will happen. There goes all that happiness. But there is a happiness that comes through endurance. Yes, we've had to endure. You have had to. I have had to. Millions of people, thousands of people maybe. Um, because I want to narrow it down to people who are truly, truly been following the Lord. That we've had to endure some serious things. Things that lasted forever. But you know, it says here, you have heard the patience of Joan and you, Job and you have seen the end of the Lord. You know, when it says you have seen the end of the Lord, he's talking about spiritually in your mind. You can see in your mind's eye. You have seen the end of the Lord, not the end of Job, like at his death. We're talking about, you know, as far as how long it took Job to go through what he did. There's a suggestion, I believe it's in, um, I think it's Job 710. It says, these months and days have been appointed unto me. So Jewish scholars believe that it was probably a year. So in that year, the wrath of the enemy was poured upon him. And there was a couple times Job uttered a couple of things because the poor man was broken down. But he endured. He endured so much. I don't have to tell you the whole story. You know what that man endured so that you can see the end. So that you can see the end. And we are at the end. And the kind of endurance that we're going to have to hand, handle and have is it going to be a little bit different than that? Just that I don't want to say just, I don't want to minimize the terrible things you're got, you've gone through or going through. No, I'm not doing that. But I'm deliberately talking about an endurance you will have to have in what is coming upon this world. I fully believe we are standing at the precipice at the end of the age of grace. And I'm more than happy to remind you of that. It's so easy to get caught up in what's happening over here and what's happening over there. And in the middle of it, all kinds of damnable heresies and all kinds of chaotic mayhem and things that we're seeing are happening and it's not going away. And the whole back to normal thing is not going to be back to normal. There is going to be a man of sin that is going to appear on this scene. And aside from that man of sin, um, I was thinking, not just aside from him, I was thinking, of, let, me, let me slow down because there's a lot of information I'm putting out here. I was thinking about that man of sin and I was thinking about them falling away, right? And so we've been seeing all of us can say, well, there's been a falling away, Joni. For a lot of years, we can say there's been a falling away. You know, I mean, I can, I can attest to that. Same with you. But I thought about something when I reread it. It says, let no man deceive you by any means, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3. For that day shall not come. 
except there come a falling away first and. So he groups it together. He doesn't say, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away. And then put a period at the end. He connects it together. Now, let me thread this needle a little, let me thread this a little bit better or continue threading it. You know, I was reading today in Mark chapter 15, where Jesus was on trial. And I saw something interesting. Now, let me see if I can try to unpack it. But before I do, let me say this. As you read your word, you will see not just civilizations. I'm talking about things that God started and ended. And when Jesus died, like when when the Lord, when God made himself known to the Hebrew people, towards the end, they had an end. Though he manifested forth his glory, there was fire on Mount Sinai. The voice was heard. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. But you see, there came a point where God's own people said, tell him not to speak to us anymore. We can't take it. You just tell us. You hear what he has to say, then you just tell us and we'll do what he says. But that didn't work. That was the first, that was the beginning of their rejection of God. And then we know the end, they became idolaters. We understand that. So their end went into captivity. At the end, they fully rejected God. We saw that God in Second uh, Samuel chapter 3, when God was speaking about Shiloh, he didn't spe even speak to Eli anymore. He only spoke to Samuel. He was removing his presence from Shiloh and the Ark of the Covenant was taken. So we see us now. And when Jesus came, they rejected Christ. Though there was a little remnant that was left behind that followed him. Even his disciples, they, they departed for him for a time. He needed to go to the cross. He went to the cross alone. I don't know if it says it need, he needed to, but he did. And they endured with him for three years, but it got too heavy for them. Yeah, they met up with him later. So you see, even when Jesus was here, everybody was following him. They were seemingly enduring with him. They were partaking of all of his gifts, his healings, the feeding of the five and four thousand. So many things that if it were if it was possible, even the world cannot contain all the books that should be written of all the things he did. And there was a day they were this triumphal entry. Hosanna. Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed, blessed is the son of David. But the next day, they were saying, crucify him. Now, let me try to marry this together. We're looking at, we're the generation that's alive right now. And this is what I'm seeing. That that great falling away is going to happen at the appearing. I could be wrong. I'm not insisting on it. I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. You see, because he comes with all lying 
signs and wonders. And he's coming to be worshipped. Yes, he opposes and he exalteth all above himself that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he is God sitteth in the temple of God showing that he is God. And he's going to be an exuberant man. He's going to be a religious man. We read about that in Hebrews chapter 11. We read about how, not Hebrews, Daniel chapter 11. We read about how, let me just go there because it's important, okay? So let me just go to uh, Daniel chapter 11. It says of him, And the king shall do according to his will, verse 36, And he shall exalt himself and magnify himself, above every God and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished for that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God for he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. <clears throat> and he shall cause them to rule over many and he shall divide the land for gain. So we know that the land of Israel will be divided. Now, the point I want to make here is look how many times the word God was mentioned. The only time it mentioned our God was one time. So we know that he's a religious man and we know that he's a man that's going to demand worship. But you see, we're looking at all the people who identify as Christian. We have seen what they have been doing. It's like let me put it this way. Everybody, they, meaning the self-identifiers with Christ, were locked up with the rest of the United States. I'm just talking about our nation. You can apply it to your nation too, if you like. But we were locked up for a year, Christian and non-Christian. But when the self-identifying believers came out, they were like, oh, we'll do anything Never to be locked up again. We want to, we want, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. And we'll do anything to have our life back. We'll do anything. Well, it's coming back. And that plague is coming back with a vengeance. We're seeing all kinds of prophetic signs. Our state of California is on fire. Oregon is on fire. There's 11 out-of-control fires right now. Our state has been quaking. There's earthquakes all over the world, and the birth pangs have never been more powerful. See, there is an enduring that I'm talking about that's going to demand an endurance, not what you've endured before. Praise God you endured it. But if you have endured the things and you have seen the end of the Lord, that the, he is merciful, that he is good and pitiful, he's of tender mercy, then whatever situation where you're going to find yourself in, whether you believe in a rapture or not, I fully believe in the rapture. But 
don't that let let that be a um a breakaway from each other because it will all be worked out in the end and there's going to be a day where we're going to go into eternity past the millennial age and what difference then will it make you know it talks about they that will endure to the end shall be saved you know there's some endurances it says run your race with patience right it says for we it says for you know talked about the cloud of witnesses uh hebrews chapter 12 it says um for we see that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses well we see that we see that they've gone ahead and that they had to endure great trials they had to endure it great trials of mockings and all those things all you read chapter 11 and that great cloud of witnesses is not just the people that we read in Hebrews chapter 11. We have to think about all the people that have gone before us. And not only just martyrs, but people who stood up against persecution, even in their own families, at work and places where they had to go their whole way being, and not just in persecution, but in things that were allotted to them in life. Maybe they were born and with malformations and they were or this or that or this or that there's a million things but you see they became born again and they received that new life and so though their outward man was non-functioning and the external circumstances were awful there are testimony after testimony after testimony that we can say not just them in heaven but we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses because their works bear witness to us. The same that Job's did. Is your life bearing witness like that? You see, because I think that so many people are so sermoned out and they're so callous to the gospel that they think, yeah, I know. I know he that endureth to the end shall be saved. How sad. That is nothing but callousness of heart because it says happy happy we count them happy which endure and yes there is a patience to it it is called in revelation it says it's called the kingdom and patience of our god you know it says so many places about having patience let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire lacking nothing i can go on and on about it but you know what? That patience is worked out in your endurance and in your race. You see, you have to, you personally, you have to endure according to the power that works in you. Because you see what's coming? We're going to have to face some things we never did before. I want to talk to you right now about John. I'm going to take you over to John 15. And I saw something in a sense kind of uncanny. And let me just talk about it. Remember I mentioned earlier about the um, when Jesus was being tried. Let me just read it really quick in John uh, Mark 15. And straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. I look at that. Now, just bear with me. I'm just giving a parallel, like something I'm seeing, I'm being impressed with. I look at that as the religious elite. 
of our nation. They're always having meetings, always coming together. And so they, they're like Shiloh. The churches of today, yes, there's good ones out here or there. I'm not putting a whole blanket statement on there. But really, this is like Shiloh. And the Ark of the Covenant was captured. And Ichabod is written, engraved with an iron tip over this nation. And and there's wolves. Somebody wrote to me one day and said, Joni, the sheep, the wolves in sheep's clothing, they don't have to wear sheep's clothing anymore because the sheep invite them in. What a true statement. It's like the pastors nowadays, I'm exempting many. There's many out there. It's like they're afraid. And, and if they know the truth, they know if they know the truth, which I believe a lot of them do, and they're not warning everybody about the patient endurance, about what to expect, about being happy, being counted happy that endure, about saying, but we according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. It's like they just crank out the same sermons and repackage them and merchandise them. No, brothers and sisters, you have to stick to the word of God. He'll enlighten his own word. In his light, you'll see light. So let me keep going. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him. He said, "You, thou sayest it. And Pilate asked him, art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered and said unto him, well, I'm repeating that. Pardon me. Verse three. And the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered him nothing. Nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against you. But Jesus yet answered nothing. You know, to me, that is powerful. Let me keep going. But Jesus answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now, at that feast, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them saying, will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy, but the chief priests moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said unto them again, what will you that I shall do unto him whom ye call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, why, what evil has he done? And they cried out more exceedingly, crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus, whom he had scourged him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium. And they called together the whole band and they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns and put it about his head and began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. 
And they smote him on the head with a reed and did spit upon him and bowing their knees, worshiped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to be crucified, to crucify him. And they compelled one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus to bear his cross. And they bring him unto the place, Golgotha, which has been interpreted the place of a skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. And finally, the last verse I want to read. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots of them, what every man should take. You know, Bar, Bar Abbas means son of God. And in this kind of, and we know Jesus died for him too, the whole thing. But what I'm getting at is at this end of time, just like at the end of Jesus's life on earth, the very people who followed him, kissed his cheek, ate with him, hailed him as king of the Jew, king of the, uh, uh, you know, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. All of that were saying, crucify him, but release unto us the other son of God. Here's what I'm getting at. Be ready to see all these people in the millions that identify with Christ say, we want that man when he appears. They're going to want him. And they don't want Jesus. The religious elite and so many millions of churches that we see out there, they remind me of the soldiers who make Jesus who they want him to be. They're ashamed of him. And they want to part his garments. Because you see, they would rather have his garments and not him. You know, I think about Joseph of Arimathea. How he went in with Nicodemus and he begged for the body. He said, oh, give me the body. Look at the centurion. After the veil of the temple was rent twain from the top to bottom. And the centurion stood over against him and saw that cry, Jesus so cried out and gave up the ghost. He said, truly, this man was a son of God. And no one can say that he was that except by the Holy Spirit. And at the end, a remnant remained. There was Mary, Jesus's mother. There were some people, Mary Magdalene, mother of James, Salome. We know that Nicodemus, you know, just, just this little small company remained. And you know what? His disciples returned to him too. Because they continued with him during his temptations. And Jesus told him, because you have continued with me during my temptations, I will grant unto you to sit upon the 12, 12 thrones, on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So what I want to say to you is, when you endure, see that you're enduring for the right reasons. You know, in, um, in this word that I have, it says, it's my, it's my Bible. And I wrote down, there are things about the righteous man, his descendants endureth forever. We know that he that endureth to the end shall be saved. We know that 
He that endureth temptation, he shall receive the crown of life. So there's an enduring, right? And these people are happy. They're counted happy. The, the, the cloud of witnesses are counted happy because they endured. And the longer you endure something and you go, I don't care. I'm not holding out. I'm never going to stop praying for my lost children. I'm never going to stop believing Christ. You can't beat it out of me. You can't scream it out of me. You can't threaten it out of me. Even if I stand alone, that makes my love for him even more powerful. Because I can say with Paul, though all men fled from me, the Lord stood at my right hand and he delivered me. I mean, look at the things. See, you want to go for the endurable the, the, the durable riches of Jesus Christ. When you start living for the things that endure, it's not that you're just like a French foreign legionnaire crawling on your belly through the Sahara Desert, wiping your brow, no water. That's not really the picture God wants you to have. I mean, it's a give me that we have to endure things here. It's the world. It's fallen. We aren't supposed to count it some strange thing. And I'm not belittling anybody. If you are suffering, I pray God give you the power and the strength and that you will consider the end, that there is an end. There's going to come a day where it's going to end. And that is what God chose Job for, to show you that what you are going through has an end. Even Jesus says that things concerning me have an end. And Jesus told his disciples in John 13, they said about him, for he loved them to the end. Listen to this. It says, the fear of the Lord endureth forever. It says, the Lord says, labor for the meat that endureth forever. It says that we have a more enduring substance in heaven. The goodness of God endureth forever it says his love endureth forever it says your dominion endureth forever his truth endureth forever his mercy endureth forever his righteousness endureth forever his word endureth forever and he that because and his dominion endureth forever and his name endureth forever you know why because he endured the cross and despised the shame and is now set down at the right hand of God. And you know what I think? When I think about those men, those men after Jesus Christ was risen from the dead and they didn't even know it, but the women knew it. That Jesus, it says the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were offended, assembled for fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, peace be unto you. Notice, notice something. You see, those men endured a lot. And they, you know what I think? I think it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it. We all focus on Peter and go, wow, man, Peter rejected Christ. He denied him twice. What's worse than denying Jesus Christ? Look at what it says in the word. He that denieth me, him will I deny in the presence of my father and his elect angels. He denied him twice. But he was re, he was restored. He was unsaved back then. 
He went and wept out bitterly. You think he was the only one that went out and wept bitterly? You don't think the 11 went out and wept bitterly? You don't think that they felt ashamed of their friend, their best friend? My gosh. You know, we look at one person. Let's let's push the bushes open and get a better view. And they were men like you and me. They were men. They, they were uneducated. I'm glad God picked uneducated men. Makes me feel better because I'm uneducated. And I'm glad. Because the more education I get up in my head, the more it blocks out the light of his glory. You want to endure? We count them happy that endure. Answer the call. Answer the call to be those few people that are left now on this earth, the remnant. I was listening to David Wilkerson yesterday. A friend of mine sent me a video and he was talking about God in the very last, just he always has a few people that are steadfast. They dig their heels in. They're not going to buckle. They get mocked. They become maligned. They anger people. The more they love, the more people hate them. But there are people who hold their ground and people who won't run with the masses. And that has to be us. And, you know, just even teaching in Pakistan yesterday, you know, through my WhatsApp thing, I'm looking at all these people. These people are like no people I've ever seen in my life. You guys would not believe how powerfully they're coming to Jesus Christ. Now, why is that? And why is it that over here and in civilized places, everybody's like, I know, I know that word. I've heard that before. I've heard all of Leonard Ravenhill's messages. What a sad indictment. But look at these people. If I can just share with you all the pictures of them. I was, some friends of mine, Will and Angela, they're ministering over there through WhatsApp. And they were showing me these baptism pictures and their faces were glowing like the light of Stephen, like Stephen's face. What's going on here? I'll tell you something right now. I would rather be with them, with you, of course. But you see, the Lord's going to open doors for you. He's going to open up doors for you to minister. So many people are saying, but I'm all alone. I can't be used. I know no people. You have to stop saying that. I know you're like, Joan, you're getting worked up. I am worked up. You know why? Because I love you. And I'm not going to sit by and just say, I'm sorry that there's nobody. It's like, no way, man. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus Christ that God raises you up to be mighty. No matter where you're at. Yes, we're in this land that feels like the salted land of Edom. We're... Uh, where the Valley of Salt, where Joab conquered the Edomites. And then he told his troops, now go back out and salt the land. That means it killed everything off. You know what? Don't lose your saltiness. Endure. Count yourself happy that endure. You know why we're happy? Because we're enduring for, for what will never end. It will all be worth it. And if somebody comes knocking at your door and mine, and they're demanding at some point that we do something against our will, and even if they hold us down, you know what we say? You know what Jesus says about that? 
Don't be afraid of them that can kill the body, but rather fear him that hath power to kill the, both the body and soul and cast into hell in hell. You know, I think about the Iranian women, a good friend of mine. She reminded me, Judith, she was like, if that happens, I'm going to do what those Iranian women did in the underground church in Iran. You know, their women are always being sexually assaulted. And the women say, we can't ever know if that's going to happen to us or not. But if it happens to us, we've already made up our mind that if that happens to us and it's we're overpowered, then in that time, we'll give our bodies to Jesus Christ. See, we count them happy that endure. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying about this kind of happiness? Because we're soon to go home. Jesus Christ is coming back again. And he's going to come at a moment and time where while this entire world is running out of time, running amok, plunging into darkness, into gross darkness, that Jesus Christ will come at a day and at a moment of time that you were not expecting. But we are to look unto Jesus. You know, it says, seeing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay us, let us lay aside in every weight that so, that so easily beset us. And let us run with patience our race that is marked out for us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now set down at the right hand of God. And he's going to make sure, he is going to make sure that you finish your race. He's not going to just sit up there and go, uh, I hope she makes it. You know what? He bought your life with his blood for the father. The father loves you. And oh, you will endure. And I make promises to nobody, but I'll promise you this. It's only God's promise after all. That you will count yourself happy who endures. Live and endure for what is eternal. Because every tear, every sorrow, every evil thing that has been leveled against you. And for some reason, I don't know, I just think the word witchcrafts. Because witchcraft is very prevalent in this nation. But Jesus Christ, he's going to make sure that you enter into glory. And you will never be happier. Again, Jesus told his disciples, ye are they that have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So in turn, Jesus Christ is enduring now with us through our temptations and a kingdom has been appointed unto us and we will eat and drink with that cloud of witnesses when we will be united with them. Because it isn't that because God, God doesn't want them to receive without us. 
count yourself happy if you are enduring for the things that are eternal. Always, always keep looking to Jesus Christ who authored and finished the race that's set before you and have patience because that endurance is going to be worth it. Okay? Remember, Jesus showed up in the room of those men who were so afraid, locked up in a room. Jesus will also appear to our glory. And I'm looking forward to it. All right, you guys. I hope you have a beautiful day or a beautiful night. And remember, he that endureth to the end will be given a crown of life. There will be a reward. See that you don't lose your reward. Maranatha.